the dissonance between the then and now and the realization that, oh, shit, we fucked up. <laughs> it, it's just such a different uh, style of movie than any of the others. The hubris of, of Kirk shines through there mm-hmm. in, in how the fact that he didn't finish things. And that's kind of a that's kind of a big realization. This guy's got a right to be pissed. He's got a right to do what he's doing. He's just you, you can't let him do it. This is City Alpha Five. Yeah, exactly. The City Alpha Five, exactly. So I, I think that's I think that's one of the reasons that one's probably probably stands up. I haven't seen it in so long. I just don't know. I, I'm almost afraid to watch it. <laughs> Not that I've said which, all this. Which movie? Rathacon. It still holds up. It's still great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm always afraid of that. Always afraid of that. It's like you look back at these these films with some some nostalgia, and you're like, ah, I just don't know if I want to go back and revisit how and see how bad it was what it spewed from having 50- having young Savick talk to Spock. You lied. I exaggerated. <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> I love that. We're not really here to talk about OST versus TNG versus any of that. We're here to say howdy, folks, and welcome whoa, to whoa, 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 whoa. What podcast are you on? We are welcome absolutely to here to talk about this. The Watch mean, Society. I'm Paulie Cooley. Joining me today is Veronica Jaguer and Terry Mixon, as always. Now, wait a minute. We can talk OST, TNG, and do all that all day long, but I thought we'd introduce the show before we completely lost everybody. It's too late. Where's the fun in that? You know, I try I try so hard, and in the end, it just doesn't even matter. Maybe if you made, you know, more off-color jokes, it would be okay. Because I've enough already. Hmm. Anyway, that notwithstanding, since we're not going to talk TNG OST, V, tell me something. Get, get me away from this Terry guy. Tell me and occupy me for a few seconds. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, been working. Been recording. Had auditions that are recorded this week, and that was fun. It's fun to get two auditions that are, like, completely different from each other. So one's, like, non fun non... Well, what I think is fun nonfiction, um, which is all, like, economic theory and weird nifty stuff that I have to research in order to do the audition, which is loads of fun. And then one that's paranormal shifter stuff that is complete. It's about as far removed from the first and going, yeah, this is fun too. Is so. romance? I'm sorry. Is it shapeshifter romance or is it just, it's always paranormal. Oh, <laughs> nope. It's always romance. Romance is the biggest selling genre, and romance readers are the most voracious readers. So, you know, people like making fun of romance authors and romance narrators, but bank. Hey, I I don't make fun of them. People read what they want to read. It's the biggest genre for a reason. Yes. I don't really care as long as they're fucking reading. (laughs) Or they're reading. Never mind. Um, Anyway, what what do you think? What is the second genre behind romance in the audience? Uh, you know? I think it's 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 mysteries. Mysteries. Yeah, it's like cozies and mysteries and cats. Cats. 
Cats. Yeah, Terry has released the kitties. Terry always releases the kitties. Regal. See, doesn't it look like he's running some strange cat dungeon in there? It doesn't look like cat furniture. It looks like some medieval torture or, or kitty pachinko machine. I, I just, you know, fur balls are just going to come bouncing down along the lines making these. That actually things. happens more than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> No, I would be all behind this new Plinko. You know, get on prices right. Kitty Plinko. Is it called Plinko or Pachinko? Plinko, I think it is. It's called um, on prices right. It's called Plinko. Um, okay, I think I think the actual game is called Pachinko. It and I sound, don't remember, yeah. I've, I don't remember what what nationality it comes from, but it was in a series reason. I narrated. I do remember that. Okay, but I'm not completely on it. On on Planet Nine. On off next to beside. So uh, oh, you've been busy, is what you're telling me. Yeah, I've been busy. I've been staying busy and prepping stuff. I got a book I'm recording next week, and yeah, you know, hmm. putting down words. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. What about you, Terry? I've written a good bit. Not a, not every day, but a good bit. I can't complain. Something like twenty thousand words this week. Nice. So I'll take it. I'll I'll still meet my shortened deadline for this this particular book. I'll be happy to get that in. I've set my personal deadline about two weeks before the actual deadline because I need to build up a little bit of cushion. And so I'm I'm on course to meet that two weeks early. And even if I slip a day or two, I'll still be fine. As long as I can start building up that 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 cushion, that means that I will minimize the gap between series one and series two. Excellent. Excellent. What else? Um, getting ready for the freezing weather and all the high wind we've having down here. The uh, fence between me and my neighbor behind me has fallen down. Oh dear. Oh dear. But uh, I paid to have the entirety of the fence around my yard did by myself 20-some-odd years ago, so the the fence is pretty old. The uh, neighbor behind me is actually more recent than the the fence itself. They moved in afterwards. So, But the previous neighbors over there, they demanded that the uh, plats of wood face me and that they get the interior because that's how it was before. And I said, okay, you know, that's that's what you're getting there. So that makes them responsible for it. Though so I'll I'll definitely kick in to help a little bit with the uh, thing because it's a it's an older lady. I don't want to leave her stuck with with the price of the entirety of it. But for once, it's you know not my responsibility that the fence is down. Leanne says, "Be glad you're not in Alberta, Canada, minus 50 C." That's yes. pretty chilly. One of, one of my narrator colleagues. She's in Lethbridge, and she was posting about how it was ridiculously cold. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Solidarity on that one. Good job. Stay warm. Yeah, no kidding. I barely remember (laughs) one of the blizzards. Barely remember it. Terry is old. The fence, not so much. Yeah. Well, now that the peanut gallery has spoken, uh, what the hell have I been up to? I have been editing on uh, 
evolution still doing another pass through it, finding more stuff I hate and getting rid of it and making it into something that I would want to read. And uh, so basically doing that and then also going back and looking at Oceania a little bit and trying to compare some things. I had to get some dates figured out um, so I can track exactly what happens when in evolution so I know what happens when in another part of extinction so I know what happens when we get to the other part of extinction. So this little exercise is helping me shore up all the possible plot holes that uh, might be there before I get to them. So I go back and rework. I, I may just rewrite some stuff. And I'm thinking about changing a plot line of extinction because I can. Because I can. Because I can make it more interesting. So because it hasn't been showed off yet. So that's something I'm also considering. So basically it's been a lot of cogitation as opposed to a lot of editing. And then there's been a lot of family stuff going on that I don't even want to get into. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, basically, I'm, I'm losing two to three days a week now to family stuff. Sadly, that's what happens. While my wife and I were out eating lunch today, uh, a song came on the, on the overhead, and I had this spontaneous plot moment appear to me that I don't know that I'll ever actually use, but it was so fun to think about for a moment as an exercise because it was disco music. And I'm a big fan of disco music. As one, as one knows, you know, and uh, so that's coming on. And I'm going, just imagine, you know, people kidnapped by aliens from, from the disco era form their own interstellar empire, overthrowing the aliens, and disco is the king of this entire universe, and they come back to bring their, their societal disco to the benighted home world. Terry, this is a horror novel. You will never write this. This is definitely a horror novel. <laughs> As they come down the, the ramp. So does this mean that you know the, the title of the first chapter of Abba. the first book is going to be it is Abba Disco? Can be. Some of, it can be. It can be some of it. So, is it going to start on the twenty first night of December? Sorry, September. I should be smacked for that. Um, and it will start with "Do you remember?" So it's like the yeah, yeah. That could be. There's a radio yeah, signal. Earth, We've Earth, picked up a radio signal. What does it yeah. mean? Earth, wind, and fire. Staying alive. Staying alive. I can't. I just can't. Without putting my nuts in a vice grip, I cannot reach that pitch. Their ambassador reaches the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this sounds like the far future version of idiocracy, where, where you know, it's, it's bad enough society's collapsed, but now the discoites have taken over. I, I feel like this was done with Xanadu, but... Um... <laughs> you know, there are no original ideas. <laughs> okay, that sounded fair. <laughs> I get to see him now coming down with the with this wide open shirt with the gold chains and the medallions, and the the guy out in the audience goes, "That's a lot of chest hair." <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tacky gold. Chapter one, caught in a trap, sl- sister sledge. Yeah, you basically have all the chapter names uh, with titles of yep. songs. The that would be the awesome. spaceship is gold lame with the and the disco the ball over the the diplomatic meeting room. 
totally do this. It would be way out of control, but I could totally do this. William says he hopped on the street, but it's disco. <laughs> oh, and then and then you you can have like the warring faction, and you base it off of like George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, so you have the funk and the disco. No. Funk and the disco. Well, we got the warring empires, you know, disco and funk. Yeah, funk. We funk the pee funk. I want to get funked up. Yes. Gotcha. The fun fact: when I worked at the university, I used to institute pee funk Fridays because one of the CDs that I had was the best of George Clinton and, and Parliament Funkadelic, and I would get to my office like a half hour early, and I would put that. I'd, I'd go turn it on, and I would blast it. So all of the, and my office was right near the, um, the help desk for the university. So where everybody would call in. And so all the students are coming in, getting ready to be on the help desk at eight o'clock. And meanwhile, I've got funk music playing and they're like, what the, but the guy who, so the guy who was in charge of that area, he was like, yeah, just turn it up. We're good. I don't, I don't care if they don't like it. You like it. We're going to keep going. And then my other friend, she was the manager. And she was like, yep, keep going. Just, I don't care if the kids don't like it. So I just crank it up and start boogieing down the hallway. It was great. Oh, boy. Speaking of boogieing down the hallway, I saw a news article today about an emergency room physician in Dallas that uh, on his last day of retiring after 40 years of working in the emergency room sphere as a surgeon, uh, celebrated his last day by roller skating down the halls and just doing his thing. That's yes. green wing shit right there. He looked like he was having a good time. He was a happy man. Oh, no kidding. Can't, can't say I blame him. What is this about? Did you see copyright, Disney copyright striking a lot of the Steamboat Willie stuff? Who's making Steamboat Willie stuff? Well, now that it's in the public domain, a lot of people are, and Disney is apparently striking out at them doing takedown notices, even though it's now in the public domain. Doesn't that mean that's going to be a problem for them when they get bitch slapped for bringing frivolous lawsuits? I'm not sure that there's a penalty for it. They're not actually bringing frivolous lawsuits. They're issuing takedown notices. Hmm. Which are meaningless if they're not going to back them up. Pretty much. Because you can basically fight those, but that is interesting. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm telling you, if you ever want to learn it more than you ever wanted to know about Disney in the 80s and 90s, read Team Rodent by Carl Heisen. It's Personally, I think that the law should be amended so that the frivolous takedown notices that people use, if they get zapped by it not being realistic, not being real, that they have to pay a fine. YouTube kicks them off. But I can see paying a fine, paying a real fine would be nice. It's yeah, that's not going to bother. It's not going to bother Mickey Mouse. They're, YouTube's not going to kick Mickey Mouse off. No, they're not. No, they're. It's not. part of part of the corporatocracy. Separate from copyright law, they're arguing it's infringing on Mickey Mouse trademark. Interesting. Ah, yeah. Well, shit happens. It's all ugly. Welcome to the wonderful world of multi conglomerate corporations. Really, your lives. Wow, this show so, got really dystopian. What are we going to talk about? Speaking of dystopias, let's talk about a dystopia that we all have to live with a little bit. We've Teenagers? touched on this. That's just me. 
We did touch on this. Cats? I have lots of cats. We did touch on this. Well, you shot up a week or two ago. <laughs> but I thought we'd run through a little bit again because I've been, I've been banging my head against this. So I figured I would, I would uh, bring up a couple of things. And that's editing. Not talking about the editing you do for your beta readers, those slackers. No, you Wait, wait. No. Do we do editing for our beta readers? I think we just threw it in just the way it is. That's the way you're supposed to do it. You just basically write it on you know, a piece of toilet paper and toss it over the fence to see if they can make sense of it. Yeah, no. That's, that's what beta readers are for, isn't it? Uh, depend- do you want to get good feedback? I mean, garbage in, garbage out. Thank you. So... What are some things that you probably should look at before you send it to an editor or hand it over to your beta readers? What are some things you should probably look at? I made a little list. Made a list? And I'll, I'll get to the philosophy. He made a list. He's checking it twice. Oh, wait, we're a month late for that. I still have to take my tree down, so you're fine. Oh, my God. Took everything else down. So tell us your list. Tense changes, unintentional ones. Do people have tense changes? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I don't have tense changes. You're a boring writer. I very, I very rarely have somebody point out that I've, I've inadvertently changed tenses because I don't write anything other than past tense. Hmm. Yes, but then you have super past tense and all the other bullshit. You got super. Well, hang on, hang on now. I need a definition. What the hell is super past tense? I'm, I can't remember the fucking grammatical things, okay? But there's some super thingamajiggy one of the. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember my linguistics and English grammar to save my fucking life. If you, if you can't tell me any more about it, I don't believe it exists. You can have conditional past. You can have. Conditional past, um, that's one, yeah. So, like would have. But, could have yeah think about think about if i'm sitting there thinking about i'm in the past tense right my character is doing something in the past tense but if they had thought about something earlier they had thought about it they changed tense you know that makes my brain hurt i think that's overworking it maybe that's why you don't change because you're like i don't have to think i'm just i'm (laughs) you know i am this is the lane i am actually thinking about the next series having the main character be first person and everybody else be third person. Uh-oh. So that Uh-oh. may that may introduce a little bit of, you know, screwing up there, but it's not going to change the fact that it's still going to be past tense. Right. But see, this is still past tense. We're talking about how you handle maybe mm-hmm. a flashback, how you talk about how you think about some a thought that somebody had earlier, stuff like that. I really dig into things like that. I'm, I'm flow of consciousness when I'm writing. Maybe that's the reason I don't run into those problems. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, the more complex that your storytelling is, the more chances you are have to fuck this up. Are you sure this is not just literary foo-foo that we're talking about? Fuck's sake, Terry. No, it's not. Don't make me reach through here and grab you and throttle the fuck out of you. Just because you write very simplistic <laughs> sentences that have five syllables or less does not mean the rest of us do. My God. I think I may have stepped on his insole there a Holy little bit. fucking shit, man. Stop dancing on my dick. Fuck. 
And there is your quote for the show. Although we do still have 40 minutes. So who knows? We could even get beyond dancing on one's dick. Oh, I'm going to kill him. I'm just going to fucking kill him. (laughs) So aside Uh, from... Tim Tim says that I almost certainly change tense in dialogue. And that's true, because you don't have people, when they're actually saying words, say things in past tense. But I don't inappropriately change tense, is what I'm saying. Maybe that's because of the way I write. And then uh, JR says, put your dick away. No. Is this better on volume? Paul is softer, or is Terry just shouting? Maybe, you know, I can't hear myself. I may just be shouting. Uh, Is this any better? Yes, no, maybe. Everything sounds balanced to me, but... Okay. All right. I'll leave it as it is before something terrible happens. Um, (laughs) Terry is just shouting, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now that I've been told to put my member away... The reason I bring this up is because if you have flashbacks or you have, if you're telling a story out of order or the character's thinking back on something because they're in that break, then you need to make sure that you've got the tense. And of course, you've got the, you've got the trick where you can basically use past, uh, had, had, and then jump into, or had, and then jump into, into regular past tense for the rest of it and then pop back out the other side by using the same trick if you want to set something like that up. But you got to make sure you do it very carefully or you're going to get the reader confused. So what may seem simple to you is something you may have actually missed in thinking about it or reading it again. So it's something to look for. It's something to look for. Uh, Making sure time changes make sense and don't jar jar the reader, which kind of goes along with this. Uh, you may need to put those three or five asterisks in between to note that we're changing time here. So that first sentence can say, basically establish, are we in the past past? Are we in the past? Or are we in the present past? That make any damn sense at all? It did, yeah. because you're, you've got to set your, you have to, you have to make sure that you're cueing your reader where your setting is, because setting is not just place, it's also time. Right. So, um... I think that's a, another one that people don't often think of because it doesn't jump out at you immediately, necessarily, if you're reading it as, as the person who wrote it. You may just take it for granted that, that's, that you've done your job there and you may not have. And, of course, these are all mea culpas. And I'm going to say the biggest one that is the dumbest one and that everybody should know, which is run spell check. Don't forget to run spell check. Please, for the love of God, don't forget to run spell check. Yes. Run run Grammarly. Not all of it. Just the part that talks about spelling, commas, and and the such like that. That'll clean up enough things that um, it'll make your editor's job a lot easier. Yeah. And and the, the, the basic of, you know, what there are you using? Are you using a place? Are you using a possessive? Are you using a contraction? How are you using it? Does it need an apostrophe? Does it not need an apostrophe? Those little things. Pesky apostrophe at the end of the S because it's possessive. Yeah. Your as in possessive or your as in contraction. Or yours in here. I mean, 
Yes. Y O R E, your. <laughs> Something audio but, cues may not help you with. Yeah. But I mean, the, for me, because I've, I've been asked to beta read stuff and I don't have a problem with it, but my. You need, if, if you're asking someone to beta read, you need to be able to say what you want from them and you need to know that whatever copy you're giving them is free of visual and grammatical distractions. That's a good way of putting it. Because if, if I can't, if I'm pulled out of your story because of your spelling and your grammar and your, your, your wrong word choices or your like homophone substitutions, all that, I'm not going to be able to give you feedback. I'm just going to get annoyed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. Like you can't enjoy a meal in a restaurant where there's a kid behind you screaming in your ear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, you know, it could be the best, you know, bacon cheeseburger you have ever had in your life, but it's going to taste, you know, substandard because you can't enjoy the experience. And it, it's a different, uh, so Tim, Timothy says, to me, this stuff isn't really edits. You're more discussing what I think of as polish or cleanup, but that's just semantics. And it is because, I mean, it's, it's still a type of editing. So, I mean, what types of editing are we talking about? Multipass. 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 Lilu Dallas Multipass? Lilu Dallas Multipass. So. We're talking about multipass editing is what we're talking about. Tim says, to me, this stuff really isn't edits. You're more discussing what I think of as polish or cleanup, but that's just semantics. And what we're talking about is what we do before we pass it on to the editor. Because we're not editors. We don't do our own editing. This is the part we handle ourselves. What are you smirking about? (laughs) Nothing. You're very correct. But what I would say is the, the what I'm doing is the editing is the first couple of passes, yes. But you know what those edit, edits are? There's the first edit that I'm looking at for continuity problems. I'm looking at the story and making sure the pacing is right. Okay. Now, while I'm there, I'll probably do some cleanup. I may find some shit sentences. I may find some dialogue that's incorrect. And I make the edits appropriately and we'll rewrite some sentences. I get to the end of the book. All right. Now I'm confident the story is where it needs to be. Then I go back. And then I go and I start looking chapter by chapter and going through. And if I've made any notes, which I do on that past when I'm just checking the story, I'd make notes. You know, does this need to be fixed? Is this correct? Blah, 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 blah. And that's when I go back and I check my notes in Scrivener for each one of those chapters and see if something's there. I'll look at all the notes like I'm doing with evolution right now. Look at all of them at once and find the ones that interest me because I may find more than one instance of them referencing one another. So I'll take a look at those first before I go through anything else. That's my new way of doing things. And that means I'm going to make probably four passes. And the cleanup polish one that you're talking about, by that point, all all this other shit of rewriting sentences should be done. It should just be finding things where I missed an apostrophe. I missed a comma. I missed something along those lines. That's where it should be. That's where I'm trying to get anyway. Because I don't have minions to do this stuff for me. So I got to do as, as much of the job as I can and get it done. Uh, 
What in the Evan loving hell? Have you seen the TikToker has the spray bottle and reads that it's smut and romance in real time on her channel? I'm not no. sure what she would use the spray bottle for. Terry, why do you ask questions you don't want answers to? <laughs> that and I hope she has the permission of the authors that she's working with for that one. <laughs> reads and edits. I assume she's the one writing it? Maybe Either that she's randomly picking stuff that she's not actually paid to do and just, and just making snarky comment. It? Yeah. Sm- I don't know. Smirkingly? Oof. When one was said with a smirk or smirking, he said, what's wrong with those Or you can just say some dialogue, 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 comma, you know, quotes, he smirked. Comma, bite me. Or period, he smirked. She's doing it as a reader, not the author or pro editor. Ah. Yes, but I still want to know what the water bottle is for. Because <laughs> she gets all, she gets the vapors. Oh, my. I've got to spray myself down oh, because I'm a little... So, yeah, my thought is, you know, it, it would... You know, we we have cats. I'm thinking the spray bottle is some type that of was where strange I disciplinary that's, thing. That's where I went, too. It's like, who's she disciplining? Which cat is this? Like, is no, you can't split? use that as a... you you. Not a proper euphemism for a male organ. No, don't do that. <laughs> he said. He said stoutly. Stoutly. <laughs> she sprays the phantom author. Oh. So it. So it was. Yeah. See. I would rather have work, and I. I can't. I, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to. I mean, if you're a reader and you don't have any reason to, you know, make friends with, you know, authors and, you know, encourage and uplift. Sure, go ahead. But I, romance gets enough of a bad rap. He said girthily. Girthily? (laughs) This is why I have a shirt that says, uh, I'm I'm a confirmed sadist. Okay. Smirkingly, no, 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 no. (laughs) There's a better way to do that, goddammit. You know? I, um, agonizingly. Masturbatorially. I mean, come on. There's there's just better... I shouldn't have said that. There are better <laughs> ways to handle... The, I'm still tripping over. Better ways... He shouldn't have used that word. Better ways to handle... No, probably shouldn't have used that. Yep, you know, you're, you're, a hands-on, you're a hands-on kind of editor with that, right? Manipulating the text. Massaging the words. Getting every last drop out of your effort? (laughs) It would have been more ironic how to turn the other side of the cup, which says, have you tried turning it on and off again? (laughs) What the fuck was I saying before you guys dragged it down to genitalia? I don't know, and I don't care anymore. I, I think we were talking about, uh, so there were adverbs and... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut that crap out. Yeah. There's a better way to do that. Better way to do that. I try not to use adverbs in dialogue tags, although sometimes I do. Sometimes I think it's appropriate. Um, like, if I'm saying something, and even though the tone of what's being said is, you know, pretty firm, pretty, pretty dark, I'll say she said grimly. 
on occasion because I want to emphasize exactly what's happening there. Just because it's an adverb doesn't mean that it's always verboten. No, it just shouldn't be used. It shouldn't be used overly much. But yes. there are times with everything right. that it can be used. Right. Well, if I read a book and the, every paragraph has an ly in it as a, as a dialogue tag, I'm going to throw it across the fucking room because it's just lazy. What do you think about exclamation points? <sighs> spare. And How dialogue. spare is spare? I've read somewhere that an entire novel should have no more than one or two. I think it depends. What do you on think genre. about that? It depends on genre. I don't tend to use them very much, but I ha- I have been known to use a couple of times. Check. Let's see. Okay. Diego Potty. Hang on. He's gonna go take care of, of, of puppy pup. Hmm. Oh no, no, there's one. No, that's a that's a question. You know, y'all can talk while I'm gone. We can talk right now. She's looking at something, so I'm letting her look. I'm looking at the script that I'm prepping to record next week, and I'm I'm checking to see if there are any exclamation points. And... hmm. I think exclamation points are, again, um, the the less they're used, the better. I try and use them as a, if I use them, I'm going to use them dialogue typically. And it's going to be when I want to separate a point from the rest of what's going on. And I may, I probably will use them in the middle of a sentence rather than the beginning of a sentence or the end of a sentence. Usually if there's a pair, if basically the character is speaking in a paragraph, I will do it that way because that exclamation point allows the narrator, for instance, to have a point where they, they make that statement and the next statement's in a normal voice or a lower voice. That's hard to describe. But if you kind of give the levels the, the rise in pitch and what they're saying as well as the cadence, then I think it, it starts to come through. Yeah. And you can talk about, you know, voices rising. Um, you can say stuff passionately. You can, you know punctuate words um i think if if you're setting stuff up I, I saw that matt so matt said um would all caps be better and what i've seen is people will go from they'll go from just dialogue and standard type if you want to stress a word then it'll be in italics sometimes yelling is all italics if it's within quotation marks and then you might get caps in you make it caps in italics and dialogue but it's very rare i think that you're going to see something you're going to see dialogue in caps without some other kind of font manipulation the only real breaking rule i can see to that is a prayer for owen meanie by john irving where whenever owen speaks it's in all caps and the reason is, is because his voice is described as extremely loud and gravel choked. Even when the kid was a kid. <laughs> so the voice is a integral part of the story. And therefore, whenever Owen speaks, it's in all caps. Okay. And it is throughout the entire book. It's consistently it's, wrong. It's literary, it so it gets to be. Uh, I don't know if I'd call that book literary. It's studied English classes. It's literary. That's because it's a goddamn good book. 
<laughs> well, I mean... It's magical realism. It's a great book. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Tim says, Robert Jordan and Terry Pratchett used all caps for certain characters' dialogue. For Pratchett, it was just for death himself. I can see that. And William says consistency is more important. Exactly. If you're going to break the rule, make mm-hmm. it consistent. If you make yeah. it consistent, the reader will come on board. If you don't, they're going to be confused. Matt mm-hmm. said, uh, imagine a drill sergeant without exclamation marks. And my comment responded to him is a good drill sergeant doesn't need exclamation points. I wasn't in the military, but I would say that a drill sergeant who speaks softly and does more with their countenance and varying what they say and where they put the emphasis on the syllables is much more terrifying than somebody just screaming at me. Yeah, the, the good drill sergeant, you can see the stuff uh, that uh, Ermy did in portrayal of a drill sergeant. He was, he was an old school drill sergeant, and he played basically doing what he did in movies like Full Metal Jacket. So you get to see what a real drill sergeant acts like there. I admire your honesty. Where obviously he does not admire your honesty. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's just a different. It's a different style of speaking. And uh, it, it, if, if I remember correctly, in the short timers, which is that movie is based off of, they captured that really well how he spoke. And I think a lot of that is verbatim from the book, but I can't remember. Some of it is. I know that much. Wall to wall canceling for the win. Anyway, well, every I think. But that, that's a good point, you know, looking at, I guess, in your in your editing passes and looking at your characters, are there levels to their emotions and are there levels to their reactions? Because if you're going through and you're checking on consistency, are your, are, do your characters, are they consistent in who they are, but are they inconsistent in the the emotion that they put through. You don't want someone to be stale throughout the whole book because that's just boring. So consistently inconsistent. One of the most deadpan characters in action movies is probably John Wick. And there's one scene where he finally loses his shit. And it is so out of character for that character that you know at that moment he is not just going to kill everybody, he is going to slaughter everybody. It has changed because... Oh, yeah. I think I'm back. back. That moment right there is when that character, the way he pronounces that, even if it was in a book, the way he says that, the way his face looks, the break in his countenance, the break in that, that calm demeanor, the fact that that's all fractured and shattered and on the floor means it's done. Anything that was that was human has been burned away. There's just vengeance left. And it's a powerful moment. I am become death, the destroyer of criminals. Yeah. So I I think that that's that's a uh, that's an example at when it's done right, because the characters consistently just chill all throughout that. You know, mm-hmm. even when he's fighting, he's pretty chill. So when you get to the end and and that shit happens, it breaks everything. It is the total. It's the last vestige of any cool that he had is fucking gone. From then on, it's just raw emotion and hatred carrying him through. And if you can bring that to a book, wow. If you can make that moment work with a character who's very, very uh, taciturn, then I think you've accomplished your goal. 
if he can make the reader feel that. Plus, it's just a cool moment to have. It's that reckoning where it's just kind of like, yep, time to close the door and take care of business. Oh, boy. And Julius has arrived. The reckoning that is Julius. This reckoning started pre-show. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. So there's just some thoughts I had on editing while we were talking about that since you two brought it up in Discord. Was, was there anything else on your checklist? Dangling participles. Oh, my gosh. You should zip that up. Exactly. <laughs> Have you ever watched uh, Oscar with Sylvester Stallone? No, I refuse. They have Tim Curry as the elocution expert that's trying to teach him how to speak better. And one of the one of the gangsters comes in and says something. Says, oh, such and such. Your participle is dangling. The, the gangster gives him this look. And then he turns around and he's like, bend it over. <laughs> <laughs> a participle, usually at the beginning of a sentence, apparently modifying a word other than the word intended. Mm-hmm. I.e., flying across the country, and flying across the country, the Rockies came into view. So, basically, it's got no subject that it's tied to. And it's really easy to fuck that up. So That's, that's where a real sense. editor says, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's where a real editor comes mm-hmm. along and says they don't make any sense. Or, after they clue you into this doesn't make sense, you start looking for the goddamn thing popping up in your writing because you know you do it. Yep. And it's not because you don't know what you're saying. It's because you fucked up on how you wrote it. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yes. It happens. Especially when you're you're pounding through the words and trying to get up with those as quickly as possible. You're on a roll. You're going to miss stuff like that. That's why those editing multi-passes are important, my humble mm-hmm. opinion. William says, one of my old bosses was a Marine drill sergeant. He can make you feel utterly, uncom- uncom- utterly comfortable or very, very not. <laughs> I can see that. That is a skill set. Yes, it is. Do they say what about just absorbed? They have drill sergeant school, and part of it is absorbed and part of it is taught. Hmm. You were saying, V? Do you have anything else on your list? Those are the ones that I came up with apart from we talked about multi pass versus cycling. Which is where mm-hmm. you basically are doing a multi-pass on the paragraph you just wrote, or the chapter right. you just wrote, or whatever else. I'm not ready for that. Uh, Terry's tried it. <laughs> I can't yeah, do it I... while I'm doing it. I have to wait till I finish the book and then make a single pass through it again. That's how it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, V? I can... So I used to sit down and like read what I'd written before, like chapters before. And now what I've done, because I've realized that, like, oh, I need to switch this up. I don't go back and touch what I did before. I make a note in the March. I'm like, okay, so when you go and type this in, then make sure you change this. Um, but one one of the things, one of the other things to go in your editing passes are to look for word frequency. Are there words that you use a lot? Or are there words that show up often um, in the same, like, chunk of pages because sometimes when you when you're sitting down and you're writing for your writing session you might get fixated on you know a couple different words and you might use them repeatedly maybe it's a verb maybe it's you know an adjective to describe something but you used it a couple times um 
and you may not realize that you used it, or maybe you stopped writing for the day and then you pick up the next day or the day after. And because it's back to back, you've used the same word. That's actually the most comments that I get from the editor for the last Hunter series is where I've repeated words in the, in a couple of three paragraphs. Yeah. That, that's one that can sneak up on you really, really hardcore because you get stuck on this describes this perfectly and you just keep using mm-hmm. it because yep. it's just, it's simple to keep using. When you go back and look at it, you're like, fuck, I used that three times in two paragraphs. What the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. And then you have to go back and you rephrase it. And sometimes it's a pain in the ass, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. The, the one that stands out to me where it was hard to fix was about four paragraphs where I was talking about how they were configuring the fighter bays to hold the fighters. And I used the word fighters like six times, seven times in that stretch. The crash, and I was like, the vehicles, the blah, blah, but, blah. But it's referring to multiple different things. I'm like, gosh, this is hard to, this is hard to call it out as much as I would like. Yeah, and sometimes it's just impossible. Sometimes the you just have to describe the door, right? Well, there's only so, way, so many ways you can get away with not having to refer back to the door again, <laughs> depending yeah. on the complexity of what you're doing. So there are times where you gotta where you gotta basically cut bait on that. But but you know, more often than not, there's a better word you could use for that, or uh, three or four words might might make the right might space for it, or you can move when you use that word. Maybe right. it's best if you use that word in the last reference where you would have used it because it's it's more powerful that way. It's basically be consistent in that too. Leanne says Lovecraft's at the Mountains of Madness repeated several phrases over and over again, a musical piping over a wide range. I could see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get Although with Lovecraft In those I'd days imagine. everybody got paid by the word. Well that and it might have been purposeful. Because Mountains of Madness, you're trying to, you're hitting that point home over and over again. And sometimes stylistically, yeah, you are going to repeat certain phrases because you, you're going for, again, more literary, um, but you're, you're going for a mood or a sense or. I, I think in some ways, Lovecraft was just a frustrated poet. <laughs> I'm not sure that he was necessarily frustrated. I mean, didn't he do poetry? I'm sure he did, but I'm talking about even his, his longer works like Mountain of Madness. The repetition is another liter- a, a poetry trick. You know, basically you're you're using that same rhyme again. Uh, see J. Alfred Proofrock um, by uh, um, Fuck Me, man. The guy who did the Wastelands. T.S. Eliot. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Somebody tell me these things. The repetition is a key element and can be, depending on how it's used at that point. I would find that very annoying if I came across that particular phrase over and over again. And I haven't read that. I haven't read that story in forever. I may have to go. I may have to go back and, and read that now. Musical mm-hmm. piping over a wide range. Like Poe, Lovecraft began writing significantly more poetry than fiction, and at one point considered himself primarily a poet. Hmm. Shows you how much I know Lovecraft. But I think even his fiction, a lot of it, um, like the Keller from Space, that's got a lot of poetic devices in it, even though I would mm-hmm. call it I'll that. paste this in the live channel so that the link will be there. Oh, I don't believe you. 
It is done. Terrible man. Terrible, terrible man. So can you think about it? Any other instances of repetition? Filler words. Filler words? Mm-hmm. Really? Just? I, I do look for those. I actually have a macro in Word that I run as part of my editing to look for word for phrases or words that I've been told I overuse mm. so that I can cull them down a little bit. I usually do that. I bring up the word fuck and see just how many instances I have. And if it's under so 50, is, I'm good. Is, is that the only word you're concerned about? It's like overusing? Is that a badge of honor? Shit, I mean... no. I'm, worried about, I'm worried about Juan. I'm worried about facade. I'm worried about jittery. I found like seven instances of jittery within like 10 chapters oh of evolution. God. It was what bad. What are the beta readers? I, I use the word protege fairly often in in there talking about some of the characters. And I'm not sure if this is, you know, over the top or being just a little too much. But he kept pointing out that when I use the word protege, but it's for a woman, there's an extra E in it. And I'm like, yes. Okay, I had no idea, but... All right, that seems a little picky, but sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> no, so it's like it, it's think of like the rules for using fiance. Mm. Same thing. Darn the French! I didn't even know that. I I hadn't thought about that either. But okay, there we go. <laughs> Matt says I found that I had to really cut back on the word. Actually, I used it way too much. Isn't that all you Brits? I watch your TV. I know how you speak. Antoine says, Paul finds where he uses fuck and then copy and paste it again to make it twice as good. <laughs> no, he's, he's trying to go ahead and using the word fuckily. <laughs> fuckily? Oh, my God. Like, fuckalicious, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, try to unpack that word. I dare you. <laughs> I say nothing. It's fuckily yeah. delicious. It's fuckily Oh, we got to put that in the porno. Oh, my God. That goes on a commercial that showed inside a porno, I'm telling you. Like robot chicken style. Oh, my God. A galactic empire of, of kidnapped porn stars. Dude, what is with you and the kid? Are they also going to be disco? Of course they are, because everything well, yeah. is porn. And they're all getting into these mustaches. Yeah, you got to have the mustache. Even the, the women are going to have these massive mustaches. The women's have mustaches somewhere. Actually, they have full beards somewhere else. That was the seventies. That's a that was dwarves. Topic, huh? I thought that was dwarves. Female oh. dwarves have have beards and mustaches. Beards. Oh, oh, oh! Never mind. <laughs> Matt says, "I suppose because we're usually right and love correcting people, and so modest about it too. Why they use the word actually." Isn't that Slaughterhouse Five? Yeah, you might be right about that. <laughs> yeah, the Truffle Midorians. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. What does that, that mean? What, what is that from? From Slaughterhouse Five. I see. The book. Is something vibrating? I, I sort of hear something. Sorry, that's my dryer. Oh, okay. I'm sure. Sorry. I. Yeah. This is why I can't do, I can't run laundry while I'm recording because obviously, be really bad. Hack the porn star. I'm, mm. you know, Houston. I, I will have to ago, tell you about a book I'm listening to okay, during the, the after show. Oh, oh the no. After show. Oh, I'm going to wait till After Dark because the plot on this is 
definite after dark material. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so if say, you want to hear it and you haven't subscribed, you, you should, you know. Or you should just, you know, tip a little bit on to buy me a coffee and, and drop oh, in yeah. for once. Yeah, get, get those unique book recommendations. Then you can hear about the robot brothel. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm all ears when we get to this. Well, yeah, you know, 20, 18 minutes. Yeah, 18 minutes from now, we'll talk about robot brothels. Please insert and turn the key. <laughs> as long as Bender doesn't work there, I guess we're all right. Oh, 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 oh. So we, we should stay away from the sign that says hookers and blow? Really? Shut up, baby, I know it. <laughs> I love Bender. Of course I love Bender. Kiss my, bite my shiny metal ass. There we go. The robot brothel, the only time it's acceptable to use WD-40 as lube. Matt, save it for the after show. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> I'll make my own after dark with blackjack and hookers. Well, okay then. You have fun with that. <laughs> I, I can't compete with that. I'm sorry. I, I just I'm not even going to try. You, you, you know, you're, you're going to have to keep working on that because if you're going to try to catch up with, oh, I don't know, Hunter Biden, you're going to have a lot of work on your hands. Wow. All the videos of his that leaked out there with with hookers and blow. I mean, you get you'd have to work really hard to catch up with those. Have you seen Scarface? Uh, fuck the blackjack. Uh, screw the whole thing. Sad, sad, sad. So any last thoughts on editing? Do it. Don't skip it. It actually is important. Mm-hmm. It's not important. What are you talking about? Incredibly important. Super Incredibly important. important. Don't take off your editor. I'll stop taking your calls. Yeah. And also don't ever assume that your narrator is going to edit for you because there are people, there are people who have posted stuff. They've been using ACX or something else and they've gone, Oh, well, if you find an error, you can just edit it and let me know. No, no, that is not my job because I know what the going rate for an editor is. And, um, after about the sixth one, I, Honest to goodness, delight in narrating exactly as it's there. Because <laughs> I'm still going to get paid. Terry says Red Adept is awesome. They yeah. use them as editors. Red Adept is, is awesome. Use Terry's name. Tell him Terry sent you. I'll get extra Red Adept points, although I don't know what I was supposed to use them for. Free edits. Yeah, but you got to have a lot of them. I don't, know that, I don't know that I'll ever get that many points. All right, fine. Give them to me then. <laughs> I need them. <laughs> Can you get points? Center. Are they transferable? I Who knows? It. I doubt it very much. I doubt it very much. So Grammarly, you use version of Grammarly, Terry? I use the premium version of Grammarly, but I only use the correctness portion. It's broken into subsections of what you check. Mm-hmm. The correctness ones involves things like misspelled words, commas, missing words, that sort of thing. I use that and accept 90% of what it suggests because I agree with it. If I looked at the other stuff, I reject 90% of what it suggests, so I don't bother wasting my time going through them. And it saves me a lot of time just using that one part. Okay. And my editor is quite pleased with how clean 
the uh, manuscript is when it comes with just that. Okay, so you're doing that even with variant. Yes. I, I would not send in something because since since I use a dragon naturally speaking to go ahead and do my first draft, even when I go through it again, I miss things. There are words missing. There are things that my brain just fills in that I think are there that aren't really there. And it catches those and it makes it better. Oh, okay. Good to know. So that's our, our advice on that. What do you Sugar mean? Daddy likes it when I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't Daddy want to use like Daddy Warbuck because the, I would rather imagine, you know, Terry sending his stuff off, you know, and getting the nod of approval from a guy with a big old leopard print hat, hat with a purple, you know, feather in it versus just some really grumpy bald guy. Inst- when, of- when he gets my manuscript, he looks at it and he goes, oh, yeah. Instead of a pimp stick, he beats it with a checkbook. <laughs> Because we also don't necessarily want to imagine Terry as Little Orphan Annie. So. Yeah, we got a I question for Facebook. Use dictation. I tried it and gave up pretty quick. Seemed inaccurate. Required a lot of post-editing on my part. What was the learning curve for that? Do you find yourself having to edit a lot of vo- voice, vocal-to-text errors? I have used text uh, voice-to-text for probably 30 novels at this point. And it does pick up what you're training. It does get better with use. And um, there are still times where I have to go back through and correct it. That's why I dictate the first draft, and then I give it a read-through, and I fix things as I go along. Is there more things that I have to fix than I would if, if, as if I was typing it? There are. But it is. I'm a slow typist. I really come out ahead on the time frame. It saves me a lot of time. It makes me produce faster. And I don't think I could go back at this point. I am so used to dictating now that if I tried to type it out, I think I would go crazy. Wow. Makes sense. Now, here's... used to it. You know, Paul, cosplay is coming up at, uh, at Author Nation, so should I rock that little Orphan Annie dress? Terry, there are people who can fill out a dress... There are people who can detonate a dress. I'll let your imagination figure out which one you are in between those. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> Although I would love to see you rock that. I will be more than happy to take pictures of it and put it on our Facebook group and page and everywhere else. Shit, I'll make it our icon. How much extra work does your editor get you to do in general at this stage in my career? I fix little things, and if I'm told that a section of the work maybe could do with trimming down because it's bogged a little bit or something like that. I'll at least think about it. I, I will I will clean it up. There's points where I may or may not agree. If, if the editor suggests something and I'm ambivalent about it, I'll probably go ahead and make the change. If I believe that I'm correct, I'm not going to make that change. It depends. And sometimes editors misunderstand something and don't get it. What are, what are the things that the editor commented that I thought was really peculiar? And this is no, no slam on the editor because she's really good at what she does. Since I am doing third uh, person when I'm doing this, there are parts where like the character's eating something and makes the comment in, in the narration text, I ate the such and such. 
it was delicious. And she says, this is third person, so this shouldn't be there. I'm like, I totally disagree. I think it should be there. I have no idea why third per- third person can't enjoy a good taco or something. I'm not sure. It's it's authorial. It, it, I can see technically, technically, the editor's correct. Yeah, it's consistency. It's maintaining totally incorrect. Because I because that could be your style. As far as I do that too, I have the narrator comment on shit all the time, and I just break it out a little bit. And I'm not sure how, how would you why I I guess I don't really get why a third person can't have a comment in their head. I mean, it's not italicized. Is that is is, is it a thought yeah, and they can't? The break. That is that the break? break? Well, I don't that care. Was the break. Meh, I don't care. I'm going to keep it the way I am. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. Big shot. Well, we got to end this here because I have to go get my dog out of the cold. So uh, we'll just say, if you have a comment about this episode, you can find it. You can send an email to show at devrobotsociety.com. You can find me at Mastodon at Paul underscore E underscore Cooley at V-Y-R-S-E dot social. You can find Facebook. On, find us on Facebook. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. And you know, I am so you, fucking You tired. can find us on Facebook. Every, everybody's like, why don't you write this down? It's like, it's so much fun doing it. Why don't you write this down? Why don't I write this down? I do wrote, I, I wrote stuff and things and stuff and blog. <laughs> And you can find us on Facebook at the Dev Robot Society Facebook Writing Community. Well, I've still fucked it up. The Dev Robot Society Writing Community, <laughs> where Terry can kiss my ass. You can find us at YouTube at youtube.com slash DRS podcast. And you can find us live every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. CST. Like and subscribe so you always know when we put up our shenanigans there. And if you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash DRS podcast and buymeacoffee.com slash DRS podcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to exclusive live shows like the one we are doing in eight minutes. And if you're at the $10 level, you get your names read and your $10 patrons are Antoine Bats, Tony L. Joy, Rick Shaw, Lisa Slack, Isabel Cushy, and Tim Niederreiter. Thank you to all of our patrons for making this show possible and helping us pay our StreamYard bills. We appreciate it. And with that, we are going to get out of here. Y'all, thank you very much for joining us and uh, hanging out with us. It was always fun. And uh, keep the writing, keep editing, and try not to bring up Disco again with Terry. Please, please, in the stream. Oh, my God.